to What I Don't Talk About at Barbecues, my podcast. I'm Ken. Thanks for being here today. I was really honoured earlier today, and I do mean today as in literally four or five hours ago, to sit down with the director of the Irish Film Festival, Dr Enda Murray. Enda had just walked out of introducing The Lonely Battle of Thomas Reed, one of the ten feature films on the Irish Film Festival programme. The film festival has been running in Sydney for the past couple of days and continues tomorrow, Sunday the 5th of May, at the Chevelle Cinema in Paddington. And then it moves to Melbourne from the 9th, so next week, and goes for three days at the Kino Palace Cinema on Collins Street. Today, Ender and I talk about his creative journey to being a curator of a film festival. It's really intriguing. Ender's been in Australia since 1996, having made his journey from Drada on the Boyne, north of Dublin in Ireland, through England and to Australia eventually where he settled and he spent the last nearly 30 years, 25 to 30 years, creating, filmmaking and being an educator. It's a fascinating chat and it's really inspiring all the work he's doing, building a community of creative people with marginalised and diverse stories to tell and the programme at this year's Iris Film Festival really speaks to that. I urge you to get there, check out the website, book your tickets. If you're in Sydney, you've got to get there today, Sunday the 5th, or if you're in Melbourne, you've got a few days from the 9th at the Kino Palace Cinema on Collins Street. irishfilmfestival.com.au for your tickets and full program details. It's an amazing lineup of features, shorts, with everything from different communities of all different types, including a special LGBTQI short film festival to round out the weekend. I'm going to get straight to the chat. Enjoy. Thanks for being here. So it's a, it's a hell of a place to be on a Saturday afternoon at the Showbell Cinema in Paddington. My guest today on the show is Dr Ender Murray. Ender, you're in the middle of the Irish Film Festival. How are you coping so far? Oh, with great difficulty. No, no. <laughs> um, uh, once the opening night... Uh, comes and goes then you, you can breathe a sigh of relief because um, by that point anything uh, that has gone is going to go wrong has gone wrong so uh, and you just like cope uh, but um, it's a big job and um, we bring 10 features from Ireland uh, we've also got a shorts competition we've got a program of short films LGBTQI um, films from Dublin and um, I actually made a short documentary uh, this year. So all of that happening and then opening night kicks it all off. Uh, but we've had a great opening night and um, uh, now we're in day three or four. I'm not sure. They, they we're in day three. It's all, yeah. it's all blending into It's a bit of a blur, yes. And then you get a couple of days break and then you're down yeah. to Melbourne? Yeah, so we finish uh, tomorrow, Sunday in uh, Sydney, and then uh, we kick it off again on Thursday at the Kino in Melbourne. Great. So it's the same It's the same program, just... Yeah, down. we used to have a shorter program in Melbourne, but they went mad and said, uh, what, are, what are you doing for those guys in Sydney? And it's a bit like Dublin and Cork. Um, <laughs> they they were, were very angry that they weren't getting the same programme. So um, we've given them the programme. Look, you've got to say, Melbourne uh, is a great city. It's actually a more Irish city, um, statistically, than, uh, than Sydney. 
possibly to, due to the fact that the uh, gold rush happened down there and, and that was the biggest influx of Irish. So um, it, 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 they're great for coming out uh, to, to art geeks, uh, which I'm very happy about. Yeah. Now, I usually ask my guests to introduce themselves because I don't, and I like people to introduce themselves like they're singing in the shower at their most uninhibited, least modest possible. Would you introduce yourself in all your full glory? Right, well, I'd call myself a creative producer uh, from the banks of the Boyne, a drawder man, um, and I'm an academic type bloke. So for anyone who doesn't know where Drogheda or the Boyne is... Can you give us a bit of context? Yeah, so uh, Drogheda on, is on the east coast of Ireland, north, north of Dublin, south of the border. So um, on the way from Dublin up to Belfast, um, that's, that's Drogheda on the banks of the Boyne, very uh, famous river in, in Irish history. Uh, the Battle of the Boyne happened there 16, only in 1690, only 300 years ago. Um, still celebrated with great gusto. Um, so... Uh, yeah, well, that's where I'm from, east coast of Ireland. When was the first time you knew you wanted to make a film? I didn't get a camera till I was about 20. Uh, I remember my brother gave me a, a, an Olympus. Um, I remember going up to uh, visit my sisters. Um, they were in Dublin and I was around 16, 17 and they were going to Trinity College. Uh, and we went to Trinity College and um, there was a sheet hanging up and it was the JCR uh, over the front gate in Trinity College and there was a film called Down the Corner and I later realised this was part of the new wave, the 70s new wave Irish cinema Uh, and there was a guy called Joe Comerford who had made this film and... um, I always uh, remember this film because it was, and I, I, I later realised that it was a community uh, film. It was made with non-actors. It was participatory um, uh, filmmaking. But at the time, uh, I was just gobsmacked because there was these guys on the screen uh, from Ballyfermot, looked like me, sounded like me, and I thought, whoa, uh, I can, uh, I, you know, I could see myself up there on the screen for the first seemed like the first time um, so uh, th- th- looking back yeah that was that was something that's that's stuck in my in my mind um, did you imagine yourself in front of the camera at this point or behind the camera I just uh, really enjoyed that film and um, and then I started um, looking at a few more uh, films and at the time uh, Pigs by Cahill Black was another film that um, really had an impact. Um, uh, I, I, I didn't, to be honest, no, I, I didn't really think about filmmaking at all. It, it just uh, wasn't on my radar. It wasn't what uh, Young Fliss from Drada at the Christian Brothers did. What um, did you think you would do as, a, as an 18, 19-year-old coming out of Drada? What did you think? Where did you think the world would, would lead you? Well, I... Um, uh, had ideas about being a teacher. I was very young. Uh, I ended up going to Trinity College and, and studying science and nearly killed me. I had a nervous breakdown around uh, fourth year. I left, I went back. Um, my God, I had 36 rats in the basement at Trinity College feeding them Mars bars and biscuits. They were better fed than I was at the time. But um, no, I um, thankfully I never got a job as a physiologist and um, I ended up doing a um, uh, work for the Dole, ANCO, 
uh, course uh, which involved some filmmaking and um, at the time I'd started doing some music promotion and um, I, re I really liked this idea of doing gigs and working promoting getting stuff together showing it to other people and there's a bit of a correlation between gigs and uh, film so um, after doing that um, work for the dole I got this uh, taste and I, I really uh, enjoyed it um, and I went to England uh, in 85 and um, uh, basically trained myself up with the um, uh, help of the, the Channel 4 workshops I did uh, an MA at St. Martin's in Covent Garden. Um, the, f the first uh, year at St. at St. Martin's cost me the grand total of one pound. Good man, Ken Livingstone, um, Red Ken. Um, so uh, he was a, a head of the GLC at the time, Greater London Council, and was very keen on, on giving uh, education. Um, so, um, I, so at that point, I, I had an MA in film and at that point I was um, yeah that I knew that was what, what, I, what I was going to be doing it was interesting it's interesting for me that the, the couple of the films that sparked your interest in film production were small locally made you know even to the point of on the amateur side of film they weren't the big blockbusters yeah. that some of us watch like a Star Wars and go oh that's what I want to do it was and, and is that that's kind of flowed through in your own work and, and as you, your role as festival director these yeah. films have a very grassroots feel they always come from their stories from a community they're not kind of foisted upon a community yeah so I'm, I'm definitely more interested in story you know I could sit and watch a film with two people in a room if, if it's well written um, I, I could watch that till the cows come home whereas the Smash Bang Wallop, a lot of the, you know, the, uh, for example, the Avenger films, uh, they just looked like video games for 14 year old boys, um, and, and um, I really have no time for them. So I've, I've, I've realised, yeah, the, 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 uh, it's about story, um, a, 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 um, it's about um, listening to other people's ideas, and yes, I have over the years worked a lot with uh, communities. I, I, I um, worked with Irish community in London, um, uh, then went to Coventry, worked with the, uh, made a film about sound systems with the Jamaicans, made a film about Bangra with, with the, um, uh, the Sikhs, um, and then since coming to Australia, I've made a film for SBS with um, indigenous guys in Redfern, and then another short feature for SBS with the Arab community. Um, and so both of those films were pretty big budget um, and they nearly killed me and so more recently I, yeah, I, I made a, a PhD film going back and, and um, talking to my mum and, and uh, looking at my connection to family and then more recently I've been doing smaller um, working with the African community so I, I really enjoy um, just you know, making the stuff I've realised, yeah, over the years that that's what I enjoy is is getting out there and shooting them, and then I don't actually edit because it's I'm too slow. But um, working with an editor and putting putting uh, the films together. So, um, what draws you to these communities? You know, Jamaican communities, Middle Eastern communities, Indigenous Sikhs. There, we don't. You know, from my own perspective, growing up in Ireland and here in Australia, they're not the stories. 
that are readily available to us. But yet you seem yeah. to have, whether you've gone out of your way to do it or whether it's they've just been a part of your natural journey, you found stories from marginalised people. Yeah, well, um, that that is part of the, the beauty of it, that they're not stories that are readily available. So um, they, they are stories that you don't usually hear. Part, part of my um, personal politics is about finding those stories of people that, you know, need a voice. Sometimes it's people that need a voice, a community that needs a voice. Um, a lot of the time, they're far more interesting than the, the kind of um, stereotypical Hollywood um, you know, kind of people that are portrayed on 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 screen, but uh, but but uh, they do have a lot in common with me in that uh, they're usually migrant communities, and you know, since leaving Ireland in '85, I've been a migrant. So, you know, the the the, um, uh, the things that bind uh, that connect us as as migrant communities. Are um, pretty universal, you know. This uh, and, uh, this idea of diasporic communities. Your own film, which I watched, Secret Family Recipes. I learned that you're one of fourteen. Do you think that in any way has played a part in your feeling a bit marginalised or trying to find a voice and find your own place in the world through story? Because as Irish, that's how we find out. Usually, how we find our place through story or song. And it kind of gives us all of a sudden the attention attention is on us. Do you think story for you has done that? It's given you the attention that maybe in a household of ten, twelve brothers, sisters. You've done your research, Ken. <laughs> I'm I'm well impressed. Um, absolutely. No, you hit the nail on the head. I, I you know. So yes, I grew up a, a big family. I I um, I had eleven brothers, two sisters. Um, so there was 14 kids, and um, yeah, I think that, that part of that um, experience of growing up in a big family makes you, um, you know, look for um, approval from people. So um, I think that's been a part of the, uh, the, 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 the you know, liking, wanting to please other people and make stuff to, to you know, uh, Put on stuff, get you know, keep people, make people happy, and so I think there's an element of that in, in filmmaking and kind of sitting watching a, a film with an audience and knowing that you've you put that together when when they laugh, you it's 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 because of your judgment and your taste, and also with um, uh, putting on a film festival, uh, ex- exactly the same, you know, you're just a kind of a different cog in the machine, but you're bringing stories to people and, and brightening up people's lives, making them think, making them cry, uh, and uh, making them laugh, and, and you're, you're a part of that. So, um, yeah, I, I suppose as, as I get older, I, I think back and think, yeah, this, this uh, growing up in a, in a huge family uh, did have quite an impact and as I go I still um, discovering what that what that impact is we're in the fifth year of the Irish Film Festival can you give us a, a bit of a feel for how it came together so um, I mentioned that I uh, was in London for a couple of years um, and um, I was in London 85 to 90 and um, I was in Coventry from 90 to 95 
uh, in the 80s, it wasn't particularly pleasant being in uh, London as an Irish person, and I never really got over that vibe of always being conscious of my accent. Um, and um, there was pretty much there was a war going on. So um, uh, one of the experiences I had going in, in, in London was... Um, uh, going to London Irish Film Festival and um, there was a, uh, a Q&A between Neil Jordan and um, Bob Quinn. So Neil Jordan, everybody knows. Bob Quinn w- would be the man who uh, made Atlanteans about the, how the Celts got to Ireland. Um, he uh, started up Cinegale, um, which then pretty much became TG, was the impetus for TG Cahar. And so at this point is, is a man who has had a, a major impact on Irish language in Ireland. Um, but they had very different um, ideas about filmmaking. Neil Jordan was a kind of a commercial filmmaker. And I remember at one point they said if, you, if they had uh, £10 million, Neil Jordan would make one film for £10 million, Bob Quinn would make ten films for a million. Um, and um, I uh, really enjoyed that. And then... Being in Australia a couple of years later, um, there actually was a film festival 2007 and 2008, and um, uh, this was um, a, a, a really enjoyable film festival, but uh, it didn't get off the ground. Were you, um, were you involved in that at the time? Uh, no, I wasn't. Um, and um, I, So I had the idea in the back of my mind, and then um, yeah, six years ago I was seriously... Um, put the um, uh, put put went went about looking and and, and decided to go ahead with with the uh, the film festival. And what did it take to get it off the ground? A lot of work. And um, did you have a team at this point, or did you have a, a loose gaggle of friends that were there, or did you have to you build it all from scratch? I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but no, it was a labour of love uh, for the first, certainly for the first two years, and it was on my credit card. Um, so, um, it uh, uh, very quickly. Loretta, I know Loretta Cosgrove uh, got, got on board very early, and um, uh, and 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 you know, from year one, I realised that it's just too big for one person, and. Uh, there's been a fantastic bunch of people, um, can't praise them enough, who have got on board. Some of them um, doing a lot of the core work and then for just the duration of the festival itself, a heap of volunteers coming along, help, helping out. Um, uh, so it, it would not be possible at all it's, uh, w- without all of their support. It's it's. it's Practically, uh, it's pretty difficult even with with everybody um, get getting behind it. But um, it, uh, it it's a it's a lot of work and um, uh, it it, uh, it 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 it's certainly a love job. There's no way around it. How do you go about putting the program together? What is it? Is it just films that you have a personal interest in, or are you looking to kind of curate? A body of a body of a program that kind of tells, you know, has similar themes or, or a similar kind of through line throughout the, the ten features and the shorts and the kind of the little uh, all, all the different facets that you put together. So um, I would say in marketing speak, my the mission statement is is about bringing contemporary stories, bringing uh, stories from contemporary Ireland to Australia, and. Um, 
uh, that's uh, what uh, what what the the aim would be. So it uh, it starts in uh, it has started in uh, Galway uh, for the last five five years. Uh, so I've gone to Galway um, for the Galway Film Fla, which is where a lot of the mid-range Irish films would be premiered, um, and um, it's a great spot to be in, in the in the in the midsummer. It's uh, a real meeting place for Irish filmmakers, and um, it's a great festival. And I would um, see maybe f- uh, twelve or fourteen features over four days. And uh, when I start hallucinating, that's when I stop. <laughs> um, but um, uh, I would see um, uh, uh, maybe half of the, f- the the ten films I would see at Galway, and then I'd also get the um, lowdown from uh, from other people on on the um, you know what was good, and I, I'd, I'd then chase up other films um, that I knew about and uh, work with uh, Irish Film Institute have, uh, have um, been really good. They've got. Uh, a, a person who liaises with Irish film festivals around the world and is a, is a, um, a bit of a, a middle middle person uh, between uh, the film uh, the, the film festivals and the producers. So, they, in terms of getting help uh, to contact uh, distributors and um, con- getting getting um, copies of, of films. So, I also keep an eye out on what is. Um, playing at the Irish film festivals in uh, New York and Los Angeles and, and Washington, and um, I, I know, for example, um, in Belgium, uh, they, they 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 had Camino Voyage was the audience favourite, and and that kind of really convinced me, yeah, that this uh, should put put that film in. So, um, try and by Christmas, um, try and get a um, uh, start starting to lock in the. The program. What's the process like with the distributors? How hard or how easy or what have you? Got, what type of work is involved in actually getting a film and the rights to bring it out here and, and show to it the Irish Australian audiences? Yeah, so um, uh, f- f- film is, is a huge, huge area, and um, um, some of the uh, films that we would be working with are, um, uh, you know, maybe three, four million. The, 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 the um, uh, the upper end of of the Irish uh, film make, making um, uh, industry, then um, we would have. Uh, uh, so, so with with those films, they would um, be kind of uh, in in the lower end of the of the commercial arena, the commercial space. So they're looking for theatrical releases in um, uh, in Australia, for example. Um, I, I may be dealing. Uh, with a uh, distributor who's based in uh, Dublin, who's distributing all around the world for that film, or I may uh, then have to de- deal with a secondary distributor who might be in um, in Australia, who is dealing with uh, the Australian distribution, um, and a lot of these guys would be. Um, just uh, it's all about um, bums on seats. It's all about money, um, and you've got to haggle a lot with those guys to get the um, uh, to, to to find a, f- a, f- a film that will fit your budget because our budget is very small. Um, 
and on the other hand, we might, as as uh, as has happened again this year, I think there were three films where we're actually dealing with the filmmaker, uh, filmmakers themselves, or or else just the, the filmmaker and the, and the, and their producer, mm-hmm. um, but dealing with the original production company. Um, and so, yeah, we, we'd have a, uh, a an idea of, of what our budget is. Um, you've got to pay screening fees for uh, these films, uh, uh, you know, which could range from um, $300 to $1,000 per screening. So you've got to have your eyes open, you know, in, in having the initial idea for a festival, which, which you think is just about celebration film, the back end of that is you have to be really savvy and have your eyes open as to the... the, the the business side of, of how to make this work and how to make sure that you know you don't lose out because you said the first couple were on your credit card. I imagine that's a tricky conversation at home, possibly. You sure is. <laughs> yeah. So yes, because um, you know we would class our um, uh, festival as a cultural event, and um, it's a, uh, it, it, that's the reason why we're here. We, we, we I, I would consider it a uh, cultural enterprise. However. Um, some of the films that we are screening are um, more in the commercial space than they are in the in the cultural space, and and so uh, you know you got the kind of film film as art and film as uh, commerce, um, and um, there's, there's quite a lot of crossover between the two. It's it's a complicated business. There's a on on the Irish Film Festival homepage. There's a quote that says you wouldn't get this stuff anywhere else. And there's something in in terms of the, the diversity of the program where we have the travelling community and boxing. We have Dublin rave scene in the '90s. We've got a few fellas who built a boat and are sailing from Ireland to Spain and the uh, the Camino Voyage. We've got surfing off the the coast of of Clare. It's it seems to me in in, in the diversity of the program, it kind of echoes themes of your own work in terms of the, the small communities and the small stories that you get out and, and you kind of find. You know, some of these films that I would see, uh, they, I'm, I'm piggybacking on, on other people's interest and so with Float Like a Butterfly, Karma Winters uh, wanted to make a film about a young woman who was in charge of her own destiny and that included um, the issue the, the gender issue in, in 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 fighting back against her her dad who wanted her to get married so uh, and but also um the uh issue that she was a traveler um and back in certainly back in 72 the, the traveling community was on the outs, outer of um you know, of Irish society and um, so i'm Tapping into what Carmel Winters is 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 deciding is is what should be um, uh, you know uh, put put on the big screen and what should be focused on. Uh, the, the 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 other one you mentioned about the surfers um, the, the, uh, between land and sea, the, the surf school in La Hinch, um, that that was something that um, uh, I had a, a personal connection to because my dad was from Mayo. Uh, we're going back when we were younger going back over to Mayo it was really obvious that there were no young people and um, when I saw this film which uh, portrayed the the first generation of um, surfers who had grown up uh, surfing on the west of Ireland and had gone off on the the professional circuit uh, but had then come back again um, what 
what it was saying is, um, you know, for, for um, people like me who've been out of Ireland for 20 years, 30 years, Ireland is a changed place. And um, these are the things that are uh, changing. And um, uh, I, 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 th- I thought that was important to, um, you know, to, to, um, to, to, to show to the Irish community uh, uh, Irish community in Australia uh, because it's so far away they don't go back that often and um, so th- there is that sense uh, a lot of people have that you know what they remember the, the day they got on the boat um, or got on the aeroplane that that is Ireland and um, so it's it's nice to be able to bring those contemporary stories back and, and bring people up to date We do still love an underdog story though don't we? We do, yes, yes. And uh, I know the film that you just introduced before we sat down was The Lonely Battle of Thomas Reed, which, yep. which in itself is quite an extraordinary story of, of a family's connection to the land and the state's desire to, to own that land and the ensuing battle. Um, do you think there's something in the Irish condition that draws us into underdog stories? Oh, without doubt. Um, you know, the, 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 um, uh, the, the history of... Ireland and and um, the political situation between Ireland and Britain, I would say, is uh, is a, a big factor um, in that that idea of um, uh, victimhood and um, uh, you know li- liking to get one over. Last year's festival had a strong Northern Ireland focus, as you just touched on Britain there, and I think at least four films were directly about the troubles or were the world around the troubles. And with everything Brexit going on at the moment, in Derry two weeks ago a young journalist was shot. What's, what's your take on the developing situation, given where you grew up in Drada, you're on that halfway between Dublin and, and the north, so I imagine your perspective, living so close to the north growing up, you'd have probably... You'd have an eye in each direction. How do you see it from where you sit today? Well, again, this this was a real um, uh, bonus for me this year. Um, we've brought over two directors, and one is uh, Sean Murray from uh, Belfast, who has made a film called Unquiet Graves. Now, I I have a deep interest in uh, in politics, but um, well, I was really keen to hear um, what Sean had to say. Um, Sean's film um, is is about uh, explores collusion between the um, British security services and uh, loyalist paramilitaries. Um, last year, we had a, um, a a film called. No Stone Unturned, and we had producer uh, Trevor Burney here in, in Sydney. Uh, Trevor Burney was arrested in August um, and, and charged with um, offences relating to the film that he screened here last year, and uh, he's, um, he's, he's still on bail, um, but there was a uh, major furor with the uh, um, National Union of Journalists in uh, Ireland and England, um, and um, the, this, the, 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 the arrest has caused a, a, a major fuss. Um, uh, Sean Murray, our director this year, um, has covered some of the same ground. Um, but what, what I was really interested in was to hear from Sean Murray, uh, who has just got on a plane on, on uh, Sunday night um, 
and and hear his take. You know, he is somebody who has grown up uh, in Northern Ireland and ha- has been um, uh, making this uh, incredible film about the the um, the, the, the uh, legacy of the the troubles. So th- this I would uh, defer to. Um, uh, Sean Murray, and, and again, this is uh, part of the the, the um, uh, beauty for me of being involved in this festival is that I get to to talk to uh, people who uh, you know they're really uh, at the, at the uh, at the heart of of what's happening uh, in in Ireland. I was really pleased um, uh, with at the Q and A last night with. Uh, Sean, after he'd shown his film, um, to, to to hear what he had to say about the, the trouble in Derry, and, the, and 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 to say, you know, uh, that the the, uh, the the gun has, has no place in in Irish politics uh, uh, today. Um, you know, for someone whose family uh, was involved and was jailed, was uh, and and has, uh, has had fatalities, um, and someone who is, you know, obviously from the Republican tradition, uh, it was really good to hear Sean um, uh, condemn what what had happened, and uh, you know, to to um, uh, hear how committed he is to uh, moving forward and in, in, and including. Uh, all of the communities in Northern Ireland in, in, in the, the plans for the future. Which is great at the moment because not only Sean's film on Quiet Graves, there's recently been released another Bobby Sands documentary and, and a book, 66 Days, about his about his struggles. And also Netflix have just released the Miami, Mass- the Miami Showband Massacre. So, yes, this is all coming many, many years later, but it feels like the right time again to hear these stories, to remember our, our, our recent past, because we're probably on the precipice now of some of this rearing its ugly head again. Yeah, um, unfortunately, um, the, 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 you, you, you're not wrong. Um, there was an incredible film at Sydney Film Festival last year, A Mother Brings Her Son to Be Shot, which covered some of the... I, I think the the, the, um, the, the uh, circumstances of what's been going on in Derry, um, where the um, uh, continuity IRA and some of the um, um, militant uh, Republican um, Republicans um, just uh, exploring what they've what's been happening there, and um, uh, the the, the um, film was a kind of a portrayal of, of a, a community that was being governed um, by thugs and, and by um, crims. Uh, you know, they did have some association with republicanism, but um, it, it wasn't that far removed from, you know, some of the um, some of the areas that exist in, in a lot of cities where you've got uh, areas of, of generational unemployment, where you've got social deprivation and you've got, um, you know, a, a, a strong criminal element, I, I would say, uh, the bikey problem uh, in... in um, uh, in Australia and in some of the major cities there would would not be too far removed from that kind of situation that that, that is happening uh, in Derry. Very dark themes, but I think it is a timely reminder. Can I ask you, just before we begin to wrap up, to tell us a little bit about your film screening in the festival this year? Yes, so um, I uh, have... Um, made a, f- a documentary it's a, a 
oral history uh, with five elder members of the Irish community in Sydney. And um, I worked with the Irish Support Agency, um, who had a, a, a welfare organisation to um, locate and uh, to find uh, people who might be interested in taking part in the film. And um, uh, I used some of the um, methods uh, that I've used over the years with uh, community film making. So in working with communities in in that uh, we did uh, a series of workshops, creative workshops with... uh, creative writing, used music, used um, drawing um, to, to work with with uh, uh, five members of the Irish community over, over a, a period of months and um, then uh, uh, based on, on the, the stories that they told me over that time, I was then, then able to sit down with them and um, get those stories down on tape. Um, so, um, some amazing stories. Um, uh, Pat Foley, for example, from Kerry, left Ireland in, in 1950. Was was in was in it was in America. Tried to join up for the Korean War, but they uh, they wouldn't let him because he wasn't a citizen. So thankfully, he came home again. You know, worked worked as a barman in in the. Um, uh, the, the the crown in in Cricketwood, um, which was immortalised in the Christy Moore song, um, uh, came to Australia for the Snowy River uh, scheme, um, and um, has 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 been here ever since. Subject was uh, Damien McCluskey, who um, at one point was a partner with Hurricane Higgins in, in the snooker. Um, but that didn't even make the cut because the other stories he told were, were so compelling. Damien was 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 there at Bloody Sunday in, in Derry in, in 1972. At one point, he was uh, lifted by the British Army and um, thrown out of a of a helicopter. Um, uh, and um, and then, and then he goes on to tell the most the most amazing uh, funny story, which. I wouldn't attempt to to, to try um, and, and relate, but um, it's such a such a mix of light and dark. And, um, and uh, one of one of the other um, talented people in the documentary, Marion Riley, came to Australia via the, the Magic Bus from London in the seventies on the on the Hippie Trail, um, and um, brought a brother down to Victoria Station to see her off in in London. And he he took one look at the bus and said it. That won't get to Dover, never mind Kathmandu. Um, and and in the course of their journey, they, they crashed and someone was killed. So they, they, these were um, the real stories. And I was just amazed by the uh, breadth of experience of, of these people and, and um, all of the things that they've done. And great, great storytellers. Uh, so that was a, um, a pleasure to make and... Um, uh, it'll, it'll, we're, we're just about to put it online, um, so uh, we're, 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 uh, it'll be available for for people to see. Where will they be able to see that? So um, I'm, I've been working with um, Irish National Association, the INA, uh, uh, who are the oldest uh, Irish cultural organisation in um, it's, it's certainly in Sydney. So um, 
Uh, they've been around since 1915. Um, but INA have got a, a website, um, and uh, the, on that website, uh, they, they do have uh, some oral histories. Uh, so if, if you go for a uh, lookup, Irish National Association, uh, you'll be able to find them. Great. I wrap up every podcast, end it with a series of quick hit questions. Do you mind if I put you on the spot and throw some at you? Go on. If you had a walk-on song every time you went to a room at the moment, what would it be? It would be Leonard Cohen, Everybody Knows. <laughs> Everybody Knows. The What's dice are loaded. Every, everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor, the rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. There must have been a bit of Irish in him somewhere, right? <laughs> I think there has to have been. Oh, he's he, he's. Uh, I just love that kind of Zen when I get mm. frustrated with with politics, and and um, uh, I just think of those words from Leonard, and, and he, he's able to uh, rise above it. Yeah. What's one thing you're certain about? We're all gonna die. <laughs> You say that with a smile on your face, and that, that, I think, again, part of the Irish condition. We live in the bleakness, but we do it with a smile. Well, I love the, 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 the Irish salutation, Sail Fadag is boss in Aaron, uh, which is, uh, may you have a long life and die in Ireland. <laughs> What's non-negotiable for you? What's a deal-breaker? Don't mess with my head. Okay. <laughs> What's one thing you can't currently live without? Well, I was going to say my dog, Missy, but then I have to say my two girls, Molly and Bridget. But uh, when you have two teenage girls, it is good to have a dog because at least there's one person happy to see you <laughs> at the end of the day. And if you were to write an autobiography, what would you entitle it? Um, big ideas and pointy shoes. Pointy shoes. All right, there's a kick, story. To kick doors down? No, no. My Okay, so I'm, I'm one... Uh, I have 11 brothers, and um, when my seventh brother arrived at the Christian Brothers, uh, he, apparently he was uh, in a lineup, and the head brother at the time, who was called the Gug because he had a baldy head, walked down the line and stopped in front of my brother and looked him up and down and said, Ah, Mr. Murray, your brothers were here with their big ideas and their pointy shoes. <laughs> so he got tired with your brush? Yes. Uh. So the festival continues tomorrow, Sunday the 5th of May, and then you, you, you take the you take the roadshow down to Melbourne? Yes, that's correct. People can get tickets online at irishfilmfestival.com.au? That's correct, yes. What's one lasting thing we can say to, to my listeners today about the film festival? If you want to get one message out there about what they can expect, what would it be? Uh, film festival is a, um, a, 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 a nice link to Ireland for expats and I think um, I think I heard last week 2.1 million Australians have got an Irish um, uh, ancestry uh, and that's coming from the census 2016 census so if you want to articulate your Irishness come on down to the Irish Film Festival Fantastic Ender thanks for joining me today I really appreciate it and best of luck with the remainder of the festival here in Sydney and for Melbourne next week Ken. Thank you very much. That's the pod for today, folks. Thanks so much for sticking with it and getting all the way through. I really enjoy 
bringing these conversations to you. It's such a joy each time I get to sit down with someone and really pick their creative brain, learn about their journey, and then share it because I think it helps us all in trying to become the creative person we want to become. So just remember, I'll be back next Sunday with another conversation with somebody who's finding a way to do the thing they really love to do. See you then. Yeah.